Welcome to the Red Pill Sports Podcast. This is your host, Donnie Copeland, and we're so thankful that you've joined us. And for our Facebook friends, uh, they actually got to hear two openings because I forgot to hit record on the podcast, but I was live on the Facebook uh, po- uh, Facebook, uh, Facebook Live. So, uh, so anyway, you got to hear it twice. Uh, I mentioned earlier, uh, you didn't know this because I, didn't, I wasn't recording, was maybe a lot of people were expecting us to talk about uh, Megan Rapinoe and the women's soccer team, but I really had no desire to do that. A, I didn't watch a single game. Two, uh, I did watch uh, her penalty kick. Uh, I had my own opinions about it. It looks like it was, and it's impossible to say, uh, but that wasn't even, I mean, literally, uh, anybody in this audience, anybody, you pull anybody off the street and could have done what she did, kick the ball, what, you know, 10, 15 feet over the, the top bar, uh, wasn't even close. And then, if I'm not mistaken, she was laughing. And that could have been, you know, nervous laugh or whatever. So I want to, but, you know, here's the thing. Uh, I heard Jay, uh, or Jake Crane, them saying this on Crane Company, uh, by the way, it's one of my favorite shows over at the Daily Wire. And, uh, you know, he said, hey, I believe in karma. And, uh, you know, when you kneel, uh, when you make yourself uh, the the central part of a team, uh, those kind of things just happen. So I, I, far be it from me from saying it was intentional uh, that she wanted them to lose. I just think when your mindset is on everything but – uh, winning a soccer match, it's on equal pay or it's on whatever else, uh, then it's not on the things that needs to be on. So uh, I'm not going to pile on uh, because, you know, I've been there. Uh, I've had the opportunity to win games and didn't win them. Uh, so far be it from me to pile on. But suffice to say, I have no desire to watch Megan Rapinoe, listen to Megan Rapinoe. I think she's, uh, you know, not a very nice person at this stage. Maybe that'll change somewhere down the road. But uh, I don't want to talk about Megan Rapinoe tonight. I don't want to talk about the women's soccer team, U.S. soccer team. What I do want to talk about is Red Pill Sports Podcast and that you have made the decision to be a part of this. And we are so very thankful for you. Make sure you tell somebody about the show. And then also, I want to say how thankful we are for our sponsors that is Red River Auto, redriverauto.com. Uh, make sure that you go to redriverauto.com if you're u- looking for a new or used car anywhere in the United States. Uh, th- I guarantee they probably have one of the brands that you're looking for. They have numerous different uh, brands of automobiles, new and used, and they can sure take care of you. Tell Mitch Ward, the owner there, and the great team at Red River Auto that the Red Pill Sports Podcast sent you, all right? Also, we are brought to you by MyPillow.com, and uh, I'm going to be taking advantage of these crisp white Giza sheets 
and uh, sleeping on those night. They sleep so cool, so relaxing, so nice. The pillowcases, uh, the the sheets are just unbelievable. Uh, and if you use the promo code RED, you get unbelievable savings. So uh, MyPillow.com, use the promo code RED uh, for our Red Pill Sports. And we are so thankful that you join us again. Thank you uh, for being a part, whether you're on Facebook or you're on your favorite uh, podcast platform. But tonight, we're going to be talking about a phenomenal, phenomenal baseball player. And we titled this episode, uh, Hero and Hall of Famer, Jim Rice. Jim Rice, uh, I, I don't remember, I remember Jim Rice uh, a little bit as a uh, as a baseball player. I remember him, I was, what, 25 or so when he retired, so I was, you know, plenty old, uh, but he was on the downhill side of his career when I really got uh, dialed in to uh, especially playoff baseball. And uh, But I do remember him. Uh, I've been a longtime Red Sox fan, uh, and uh, he, was, uh, he, he was almost a career 300 hitter, Hall of Famer, actually batted 298 for his career, which is unbelievable. Also, uh, hit with power. I think he hit 482 home runs, so it was only 18 uh, home runs shy of 500, which just a handful of guys have hit in 500, has hit 500 home runs. Uh, and so to hit for that average uh, and to hit with that power is pretty remarkable. Uh, was also a great outfielder as well. And, uh, and so... Uh, Jim Rice, I want to focus on him tonight rather than the Megan Rapinoe's of the world. Uh, and that's what I love about sports is that sports uh, has these uh, figures that are larger than life. Uh, you know, it's, it's one thing when a sports figure is, and obviously most that are, all that are popular, uh, and, and are well-known and make their living at it, are very, very good at it. And then every once in a while, you get someone who is really, really uh, talented, but they're also, they're just as good a human being as they are uh, talented in their particular sport. And Jim Rice fits that bill. Uh, one, one habit I have is when I'm going to do a show on someone, I like to look at, everything about them, because I don't want to be surprised. Uh, so I try to look at them as a father, as a husband. I try to look at them, even their political uh, background. And listen, let me make this clear, even though we're a very conservative talk show and a part of a very conservative talk show uh, uh, network, uh, being the Doc Washburn Show uh, family, uh, you don't have to be a conservative or be a Republican, certainly not a Republican, but a conservative uh, for us to recognize your ability and being a good human being. Uh, believe it or not, there actually used to be decent Democrats out there uh, who were not, you know, for the most deplorable things in the world. Uh, and I would say Jim Rice uh, falls in that category. I listened to a interview with uh, some woke uh, announcer uh, that was some time ago, and I think it was a couple of years ago, and uh, he was asking him about Black Lives Matter, and and he was bringing up about 
uh, you know, black people losing their lives at the hands of, of, of cops, black and white. And uh, he said, you know, it's, there's been too many uh, people die as a result of policemen. And that, you know, that didn't, uh, uh, while, while I think there, there are instances that is true, I don't think most of the time it, it's because of the actions of those that are being arrested or being pulled over uh, that the results ends in serious injury or death. It's very rarely, not that it's never happened, very rarely that someone's being law-abiding, doing everything they're supposed to do, and they still get shot and killed or get you know, maimed or, or badly injured. Uh, not saying that doesn't happen, but very, very rarely, uh, I would say. And But to Jim Rice's credit, uh, in this interview, uh, he, he explicitly said, which I'm sure the left really gave him grief over, but he explicitly said, uh, he said, you know, there's too many black folks dying at the hands of, of white and black cops needlessly. But he said, let me be clear, all lives matter. And I, I thought that was that was that that, that was a a pretty bold and uh, and and fair statement. Um, but what I want to get into tonight is something that happened a year uh, yesterday was forty one years ago that uh, Jim Rice saved a little boy by the name of Jonathan Keene's life. Uh, it happened at Fenway Park. Uh, Jonathan Keene was four years of age. His brother and dad went to a game. They had seats right at the dugout on one end of the dugout. And uh, the uh, Red Sox were batting. Jim Rice happened to be standing at the on the top step of the dugout. And uh, the second baseman, I can't recall uh, his name at the moment, uh, pulls a ball foul, line drive. This is back before the screens, obviously. And the dad says, actually, when he heard it hit, he said, I didn't even see it. I just heard it. He said, I thought it hit the side of the dugout because it was such a loud noise. Then he turned and looked at his four-year-old little boy, and he literally had a open, fractured skull. So he Actually, it cracked his skull open without being too graphic, and blood's pouring out. And uh, Mr. Keene, Jonathan's dad, he said, I believe Larry was his name, or is his name. He says that it took uh, Jim Rice all of 10 seconds to jump from that top step of the dugout over into the stands. They were right by the dugout. said he scooped up Jonathan ran him into the dugout, down into the tunnel, uh, took him, the team doctor who was on the other side of the dugout, on the other end, met him down there, examined the boy, said the boy was unresponsive, took him to the uh, ambulance that was there in the tunnel waiting uh, in case a player were to be injured, uh, took him to Children's Hospital there in Boston, uh, which was only a mile away, the kid literally who had a brain bleed literally uh, was on the operating table within 30 minutes from the time the ball hit him to the time they started surgery was 30 minutes and said more than likely uh, 
that Jim Rice saved this young man's life. Uh, there was no permanent injury, no permanent brain damage, even though he did have, did have a brain bleed. He was in the hospital for five days and uh, made a complete recovery. Uh, a year later, he shows back up. The dad and the two boys show up at, at, the, uh, at Fenway Park, and Jonathan, the little boy that was hit, who's now five, throws out the first pitch and, uh, and reunites with, with Jim Rice and said all, all that was left was like one tiny scar above his eyebrow was all that was there. And uh, I just, I thought, and, and, and so Jim Rice was asked the question. He said, why, why did you jump into the stands? Why did you scoop this little boy up? He literally played the rest of the game uh, with his jersey soaked with blood. And, and you can see the pictures go to our Facebook uh, page or go to our Twitter, My Red Pill Sports on Twitter. Go to Red Pill Sports on Facebook or on Instagram or uh, Truth Social. And uh, you see the picture. And it's, it's a quite a popular picture, by the way, of Jim Rice holding this little boy, uh, and he's just covered in blood. And uh, by all accounts, by the doctors, by the hospital, uh, by everyone that was the medics, that Jim Rice unequivocally saved this young man's life. And uh, the, the, the boy, who now is 45, it's hard to imagine, uh, was um, interviewed not too long ago, and usually on August the 7th, which would have been yesterday, uh, which would be two days ago, when, probably when most of you listen to this, uh, that they'll look him up and talk about it. Jim Rice, who's now uh, 70, I believe he's 72, or 70, I think he's 70 years of age. He's yeah, born in 53. Um, and they asked him, they said, you know, why? Why did you, said, and he said, because all I could think about, if that were my boy, I would want somebody to do that. And he said, I didn't really even think about it. He said, I, I remember seeing the dad just sitting there in shock. And he said, I remember thinking, you know, we got to act. We got to act now. And, uh, and man, I, I, just, I told my wife, I said, you know, I, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to. Uh, when I look at that picture, I, I choke up. It's just so beautiful uh, that, you know, here's a guy. And we live in a, you know, without, without lumping everybody in, we do live in a society today where people tend to not want to get involved and not, you know, risk uh, having some type of liability or whatever. And that's, while understandable, I think it robs society of something so very valuable, uh, not to mention a a life that could have been lost uh, and a life that, uh, and, and Jonathan King, the young boy that was hit, his father said, you know, Jonathan's such a phenomenal dad. He's a phenomenal businessman. He's, a, he's just a great human being. And probably uh, his community there in South Carolina, or North Carolina, I believe it is, and, uh, you know, his family would never have enjoyed that if it would not have been for Jim Rice. Now, Jim Rice went on to uh, enter the Hall of Fame and uh, rightfully so, had a phenomenal career, I think 16-year career. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, which was not that rare at the time, 
was, I believe his entire career was played with the Red Sox. Uh, and then later was inducted into the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame, uh, being virtually a 300 hitter and virtually 500 home runs, which is a pretty lofty goal, but not nearly as uh, impressive as his selflessness, uh, the heroism that he uh, showed on that day, August the 7th, 1982. And I think the lesson for us, you know, and, and you know, why I don't really want to get into and talk about Megan Rapinoe and, and not just Megan Rapinoe. If you look at the women's soccer team, uh, you know, there was probably six or eight of those women who refused to stand. You know, it's one thing, and, it, and I think it's deplorable not to stand when you're on American soil uh, and stand for the uh, for the. Uh, Pledge of Allegiance are for the uh, the, the uh, Star Spangled Banner. Uh, but when you're international and you're representing your country and you kneel, that that's really, really low. That's really classless. It's a slap in the face. Uh, and it's, it's about, it's not about selflessness. It's not about representing something bigger than yourselves. It's about, you know, making sure you get equal pay, making sure people know who you are, making sure your political views are viewed while you're there to represent your nation and to play a soccer game. And I don't know, just just kind of juxtaposing uh, that attitude and that demeanor and that spirit with the attitude and demeanor and the way that Jim Rice carried himself is, is quite the contrast. Now, I think it's interesting uh, in, in this regard. And the, the interesting thing is, and I think this is, this bodes, or this rings true not only for sports, I think it rings true for business, I think it rings true for, uh, for education, for anything you do in life. If you are happy and if you are joyful, uh, and there is a difference, joyful is when you have a state of, of, of joy. Uh, regardless of what's going on in your life, happiness is basically as long as you got something good happening, uh, you know you're you're positive. But the minute something's not going your way, uh, you you know you're no longer happy because nothing good is happening. Um, but when when you have this perpetual uh, and and built-in uh, spirit of generosity, of thankfulness, of gratitude. Uh, positivity, uh, both physically, spiritually, nationally, uh, you perform better. You perform better. Uh, you know, you, you're a better husband. You're a better father. You're a better business person. Uh, you, you're a better church member, community member. Uh, you're a better teammate uh, because w- when you are in a better state of mind, you are. You can your talent and ability can take over and you're not overthinking things. That's why a lot of times people who are rushing to someone's side uh, and they're driving somewhere under a lot of duress and stress, they'll have an accident. A lot of times either a major accident and kill someone else or kill themselves on the way to comfort or to be comforted. Why? Because you just, you don't do as well under stress. Some stress is self-generated. Some stress is self-imposed. 
And when you're, you know, you have to know that when you're kneeling in front of 70, 80, 100,000 people, that there's a lot of people that didn't like that. Even people that are maybe not Americans, they don't like negativity. And so it builds stress. And so it's no wonder that Megan Rapinoe and the uh, women went, what, 246, 247, the U.S. soccer team, the women's soccer team, went 247 minutes of scoreless soccer. Because when you're not in a good state of mind, you don't play very well. Then you juxtapose that or contrast with that with a guy like Jim Rice, who lives a life of gratitude, lives a life of generosity, lives a life of loving his neighbor as, as himself. And now you have to have talent. You have to have ability just because you're generous and because you have gratitude and positivity, you know, doesn't mean you can hit a, you know, a 98 mile an hour fastball or a 89 mile an hour uh, slider. Um, so you have to have uh, ability, but, you are in such a better state of mind when you are, or uh, you you are much more likely to play well when you are in a better state of mind. That's just, uh, I mean, that's just human nature, and and so I, I think it's not that Jim Rice was a great athlete that made him a great hero, because we've seen plenty of great athletes who were not very good people, uh, and you know wouldn't come to somebody's rescue like that. Uh, but I think it's a rare and beautiful thing when you have someone who is as talented or basically a career 300 hitter who hit just a, I mean, a cat's whisker from 500 home runs uh, in a 16-year career who was not only a phenomenal athlete, a phenomenal teammate, a phenomenal player, but a phenomenal human being. And when you listen to, as I did today, numerous interviews uh, with uh, Jim Rice talking about the segregated South. You know, remember that South back in the 60s that the Democrats, uh, all the governors in the South were, you know, that uh, had the segregated bathrooms and had the segregated water fountains and segregated lunch counters and water cannons and keeping people from segregated schools and uh, police dogs uh, chewing on people that are marching for civil rights. Those were all Democrats. I don't know if you knew that or not, but all those were Democrats. Uh, And yet when you hear Jim Rice talk about the segregated South, he talks about, uh, but he, he didn't cast people later on in his life as everybody from the segregated South. He didn't look at everybody as being, uh, that was white, that were racist. He took people as individuals and he looked at people and he said his parents taught him to look at people not as a group, not looking at white people saying all white people are racist or white people looking at black people saying all black people are, you know, violent and and criminals. Uh, but, But looking at people not by the color of their skin, but the content of their character. And when you hear Jim Rice talk, no wonder Jim Rice was such a great athlete. No wonder Jim Rice was such a great human being. No wonder Jim Rice ended up saving a little four-year-old boy's life, a little white boy, uh, and because he didn't allow the the experiences that he, he described about he and his sister 
would go into a drugstore to get a milkshake, and they would have to sit at a different part of the counter or couldn't sit at the lunch counter. They had to sit somewhere else. They had to go to a different bathroom and use a different water fountain. Well, Jim Rice, when that little boy got hit with that baseball off the bat at 108, 110 miles an hour, and his skull was fractured with an open fracture, and he's bleeding to death right there, not to mention the brain bleed that could potentially destroy his life. Instead of allowing the negative that happened to him as a little boy and as a young man and negative and, and hatred and racism that he endured, instead of allowing that to shape him, he looked at that little boy not as somebody from his past, but as somebody who needed help. And that's the powerful thing. That To me, that's the greatest takeaway from, from Jim Rice. And maybe the lesson tonight for all of us is, and I was talking to a good friend of mine, I had coffee with him today. I said, you know, we've all been stabbed in the back. We've all been done wrong. We've all had things happen to us. And you, you have a choice. You know, somebody said, it's not what happens to you. It's how you react to what happens to you. And, uh, you know, when you're stabbed in the back, when a business partner rips you off, when somebody that you hire, you know, takes advantage, uh, you can, yeah, you can say, well, I'm never doing that again and miss golden opportunities to enhance somebody else's life, to have somebody else come alongside you and help you with whatever you're endeavoring to do. Or you can say, look, that person who did that to me, you know, well, I want to pray for them. Uh, you know, I, I can't trust them again, but I'm not going to judge everybody else based on what somebody else did to me. And that just speaks so highly. And man, we need parents. We need teachers. We need uh, ministers. We need uh, adults, aunts and uncles and brothers and sisters to instill that principle and and those values uh, into our lives today. And that is, I'm not going to allow what happened to me in the past uh, affect how I treat people in the future. And here's why. Because just maybe someone white who treated me really bad. And so I get to where I just, it's not even sane thinking, but it's, it's understandable but it's it's not it's not healthy that I'm just going to lump everybody with that color skin, you know. If if I get carjacked or if I get my house broken into, or someone you know does something to me violently, and they're black, I'm not going to paint everybody who is black uh, with that same shade and say, you know, they're violent, they're whatever. And by the same token, if, you know, a black person who's treated unfairly and, and, and prejudicedly by someone white, because there just may come a time that a black person comes into your life and they could be the best thing that ever happened to you and could be such a blessing in your life. And you could be a blessing to them, but you can't get over what happened to you in the past. Or maybe you're a black person. You've had white people treat you so bad in the past, and uh, but you just can't get over uh, how white people treated you so unfairly and so cruelly sometime in your past. 
But if we can, as Martin Luther King Jr. said, if we can judge people not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character, so that one day on August the 7th, 1982, you, a, a black uh, young man who was raised in the segregated South, you watch a little white boy get hit with a baseball in the face and you save his life because you didn't allow uh, the pain of your past to dictate how you conducted yourself in the future and in the present. And so uh, I hope tonight has uh, been refreshing. Uh, I'm glad we didn't spend much time talking about uh, what happened this past weekend, but we reached back some 40 uh, one years ago, and said, man, uh, Jim Rice is not only a Hall of Famer, he's a bona fide hero. We throw that word around quite a bit, hero. We make people heroes maybe sometimes that are not heroes, but not in this case. Jim Rice, a career 298 hitter, 482 home runs, uh, and, and, and on August the 7th, 1982, uh, saved Jonathan King's life. He's a hero and a Hall of Famer. Uh, this has been the Red Pill Sports Podcast brought to you uh, by uh, RedRiverAuto.com and by MyPillow.com. Don't forget to use the promo code uh, RED for even greater savings. Don't forget about picking up the Doc Washburn Show. You can catch the Doc Washburn Show on any on YouTube, but also on any of your podcast platforms. Tell somebody about the Red Pill Sports Podcast. And until next week, we'll see you right here, same time, same station. And uh, this is your host, Donnie Copeland, saying good night. Have a wonderful week, and we'll talk to you later. Bye bye. The, the Doc Washburn Show Family of Podcasts, a Yetcher Media Company. company.